0: Welcome to the Love Cars On The Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman.
1: Welcome to episode 37 of Love Cars On The Grid, your global motorsport roundup podcast. So this week, we look back at two more FIA, FIA World Champions, that's easy for you to World say. World Champions. World Champions, World Touring Cars, and World Rallycross. I'm not quite sure if anybody even watches there, but we're going to cover them anyway. Uh, and meanwhile, there was a big old rally event as well with um, the, 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 the one and only Chris Harris taking part yeah. as well, which we're going to go into a bit of detail. But I think we need to start with, some sad news, some mourning of uh, of, a, of, a, of a of a real legend, a Formula oh. 1 legend, which, of course, is Frank Williams. Uh, but terribly sad to hear about his passing yesterday.
0: I think there's no one, you know, grace than, than Frank, that the, the British fans, you know, go with you know, the Williams name and the fact that, you know, Frank was this guy that came from a second-hand car dealer to run his own Formula 1 team on no money at all. And then with Patrick Head, of course, create a brilliant ground-effect car that started winning Grand Prix and... Uh, going on to World Championships, and of course he had that terrible accident that put him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, and uh, he, he, you know, he brushed that off and continued life, and just a tremendous, you know, British icon of, a bit like sort of Ken Tyrrell, Frank Williams, Colin Chapman, you know, he's with those other two names, you know, probably greater than Ken Tyrrell in many ways, you know, for the men of World Championships, but uh, fabulous British entrepreneurs that made racing teams work. And they were a family team. I think Ken Tyrrell was a family team. That's what team. I love. I love the family. Oh, yeah. Aspect of it as well. oh, yeah. But uh, so I mean, I met him, luckily, I, I met him a few times, but I never quite worked. I actually approached him in the um, late 1970s when I was doing Formula Three and suggested that, you know, maybe I could be his test driver. And, um, and he thought about it for a while. What well, a nice idea. But then he sort of said, well, but our drivers want you to testing because they're racing the cars, you know, so it's not really a practical idea. And uh, the very next year, Jonathan Palmer became their first test driver. <laughs> and Because uh, up until the late 70s, you know, no team had test drivers. And now, of course, every team's got two or three reserve and host and simulator drivers. And uh, very much of the 80s and 90s, the test driver was, was a big job. So uh, I, I was before my time by about one year.
1: You were, <laughs> um, were you? He did him though? Did you meet him
0: personally? He had to discuss be a test driver. You know, I managed to get through. Sheridan Teen was his, was his PA, and I got through there. And then um, several years later, well, about 20 years after that, I did that amazing TV commercial. You ever saw it? Well, I was Nigel Mansell for a week uh, doing a TV commercial for Renault France, driving Mansell's Williams, wearing Mansell's overalls. And uh, we replicated that famous him and Senna, almost banging wheels down the straight at Estoril, with uh, Johnny Robertson was in another Williams painted black, but um, of course, you know, as I was being fit, fitted into the car, it did cut. And you know, he came into the workshop. And, How are you doing? With smile, always smile on his face. You know, just <laughs> always charming English gentleman. Um, but the last one was perhaps the funniest because I, I did that uh, item on on fifth gear with Vicky Butler-Henderson, the latest one the M5, best, one
1: of the best items ever. You were you remember, in, yeah, yeah, BMW M5, and she had to do yeah. three laps, and you had to do two laps. You're in- yeah,
0: four, yeah. Four, I'd do four to her four. three. I was in, well, they're both V10s, that was a thing. One was a, it was a V10 BMW, the Williams, the V10 BMW, the M5. And uh, the day after it came on television, um, I was at home, my son actually said someone called Frank Williams' phone to, wanted to talk to you. And I thought, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought, someone's spoofing me up here. They've seen me, you know, yeah, Frank Williams, they're going to offer you a drive. I was 52 years old or something, you know? <laughs> which was amazing. I had to be 52 years old and driving a Formula One car around Rockingham at 175 miles an hour past the grandstands and the start-finish line. It was an epic, epic experience for me, you know. My, my neck was gone in like one lap. Um, but anyway, I thought, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll phone him back or something. And I, had, I was actually away at the time. Next, I was driving down the M40. I remember it particularly well. And the phone went, hello, this is Frank Williams. <laughs> and even though I thought twice, this is a spoof, you know. And he said, I just wanted to thank you for that item on, to, on Fifth Gear, which was the best demonstration of the speed of a Formula One car I've ever seen. You did it so brilliantly. And... It was just wanted to phone up to congratulate uh, us on the exactly. great, you know. I mean manufacturers, you know it in our business now. How often does a manufacturer phone up when you've done a really good item? They phone you up and say, thanks for the item. Not really, no. More, if you criticize the wing mirror shape, they'll phone you <laughs> up and say, why did you complain about our wing mirror? Um, but Frank was this it was when we did we did a rolling start at 70 miles an hour side by side with a helicopter camera before the days of drones. And that's what really impressed me that difference is the Formula One just left behind, you know, what Joe Public, M5, you know, touring car, um, left him in his wake. And so it was wonderful. I saw him many times since and he always said hello, and, you know, just a lovely guy. So yeah. uh, such and a- it,
1: it was nice reading all the accolades and, and all the different things that he's done. I've, I mean, I've, I grew up, Williams were the most dominant team by a long way. I grew up yeah. uh, watching Formula One in the 80s and the 90s. I was there in Monaco when. Mantel mantle had a puncture and senna went on to win the race he couldn't get past him for the last sort of five or six races i think that was been 91 um yeah. so yeah but but that was my era when you know watching williams and i hope they go back to to do great things because they're, they're such a phenomenal family yeah. uh brand as you as you say but um interesting times ahead for for, for them but big respect for frank williams for what he achieved indeed yeah, it's just, don't, I, I think we should end it there, really, Tiff. <laughs> There's nothing really much to go on to. No,
0: really? we have to keep... reporting. i not going to look forward to uh, Saudi Arabia this weekend. You know, with all the excitement there with the new circuit and the championship we'll let, boiling up. Before, out, but, before uh,
1: we go to Saudi and look forward to that, let's go over and and look at these two crown champions because world champion is world champion, whatever the sport. And to be a world champion, you have to be the best of the best. So, um, world-touring cars. I've lost interest.
0: Why? I mean, I think uh, because the. There are 11 lap races or 12 lap races, two 12 like sprint races, like a club race. And the first one
1: is reverse grid.
0: There's a world you can't, you, championship. Can't, you
1: can't get past somebody, however good you are, in 11 laps.
0: I uh, know, uh, well, you can, but, by, but also the cars they've got. I think it's the same in, in rally cross, we're going to talk about in a minute, in World Rally Championship. Manufacturers, I think, have sort of led this push. These hot hatches, those are the cars they sell most of. Because touring cars are super touring cars in the 90s. We had four-door saloons, 4.2 metres long. They were hard to drive in the limits of a longer wheelbase. Um, But everything's this hot hatch. Whether it's world touring cars, you look at the grid, and apart from the colour of the car, you can't tell much difference, they're all little boxes. They're all front-wheel drive, which, of course, aren't that exciting visually until they start hitting each other because um, <laughs> they just go round on rails. And it's just you can't have a world championship with 12-lap sprint races and reverse grids. And there, I don't think many people follow it. I mean, it wasn't even on television. There was no TV coverage of it at all. Um, we got no British interest, which maybe is why. Because obviously, with our little podcast here, I tend to lead our listeners to um, to British drivers around the world that's why i like to try and find out what brits and nobody else in brit's heard of what they're up to um we haven't got any british interest in touring at the moment apart from rob huff who i'm delighted won the last race it was very wet sochi over in russia and huffy was one of the hardest tried drivers just gives his all everywhere great character old-fashioned character goes around the world and there's one more macau touring car races than anybody else um, and he was a um, touring car, British touring cars in what 2002, long time ago. 2004, then he went off and did eight years of world touring cars with Chevrolet. Won the world championship in 2012, and he's been around the world championship ever since. He's now with a private team, and uh, he won the last round. It was actually, the, which again shows the championship to me, because they, they say how good he was. A twelfth winner out of sixteen races. And they, that, that's sort of supposed to be a plus mark. Now, that's a minus to me because it just proves that with the reverse grids, you know, anyone could maybe win a race in 12 laps. You can hang on to a lead on a reverse grid. Um, so it, it's just lost. I mean, to me, world touring cars should be the old fashioned two driver, 500 kilometer, three hour races or two hour races um, with big saloons. And this is why I said, you know, we remember the old days of BMW 6 Series against, I forget what happened against Volvos and big beefy saloon cars. But I suppose because manufacturers don't sell many big saloon cars, or not so many anymore, we've, we've gone to this sort of small hot hat shape, which it is spectacular. I mean, look at the touring cars at work, look at Aussie supercars, which we don't cover, we should cover, but there's they're no bricks out there. And, so, stuff, yeah. and of course, NASCAR, you know, they're two yeah. big rear-end,
1: you know, rear-wheel drive,
0: tough-looking touring cars. Well, it's these little shopping trolleys that are World Touring Cast okay. anyway. So
1: maybe World Touring Cast isn't for you, but maybe our <laughs> listeners like it.
0: If you do, let yeah. us know below. And, and- so we have to congratulate the winner. Don't, mustn't go on. Um, Jan Erlacher won again, driving a Lincoln Co. There you go, everybody. Jan Erlacher uh, in a Lincoln Co. He retains the shot. He's actually 25. He's the French. He's the son of uh, Cathy Muller. Why race gets in Formula 3? She was a very quick Formula 3 driver. And Cathy was the sister of Ivan Muller. Who's very famous for winning all sorts of touring cars and everything else. And son of for the football fans out there, he's the son of the French footballer Ivan Urlacher. So now you know everything about the World Touring Car <laughs> Champion, which is still a great I mean it's a hard title to win, you know, because you've of got to get it through is. reverse of grids. It's, it is.
1: it's like not a no formula. E. No, no, no easy title. Jumps. No,
0: it's just to watch it, it's all a bit disappointing.
1: All right. Now let's go on to um uh, World Rally Cross because. I actually quite like rallycross. It's quite fast and furious, but you're not. You're not But it's pretty- lost. Well, it's lost its way. I mean, it I agree has, with you. Yeah. Again, it, it was when we were doing with Will Gollop in a Metro,
0: we up against uh, all sorts of BMWs and Volvos, and there were different shapes and cars. But you know, the regulations get tighter and tighter, and we're down to these. These again, like the World Rally Car you know, shopping and they're really expensive, high-tech cars, which all handle very similarly. They're all look very you, in fact when they get a bit muddy you can only tell the difference in the mate by the radiator grill or something um and this world championship was nine weekends in Europe and I always thought the FIA had a rule that you had to run a you know out of one continent in each you know each championship and it's just it's become too samey I agree with you I loved you know rallycross but the tracks used to be bigger and wider but now it's five cars. You race the first corner. You all hit each other at the first corner. Everybody yeah. hits everybody. Yeah. One car will normally spin off, and that'll be the end of their race. Ruin their race. And then once you've all crashed into each other and seen who survived, turn one. There's then no more overtaking, virtually. i very, very rarely. Yeah. You have. But the of course, level. you have the joker. Well, yeah. yeah. So then half the grid go into the. So two of the six go off on lap one. So then you're looking at the four-card dice for the leader, then one of those four cards, then you've got three, and then you don't wait, you have to wait until they've all done the joker lap, which sometimes is the very, very last lap, which is the leader's normal trick for the leader, before you really know what's going on. And it's just so same, 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 every race. And I think that's why the cars are the same. It's very Northern Europe, and all the competitors now pretty much are from Scandinavia or Germany. Since you know, we don't have any British interest again, so we haven't been looking at it that closely. If you,
1: if you want to see more about Rallycross, have a look at our YouTube. I'm sure the regular viewers must have seen it, but it's one of the best items ever on our YouTube where <laughs> Tiff drives an electric rallycross car. The
0: Project D, e, which is coming
1: next year. This was the yeah. last year for, for the main World Rallycross. So it is and going it, to be E well next suited. year. The, the electric cars but, are definitely well suited to rallycross. So who, who are we going to um, congratulate in the World Rallycross? Because I didn't really look at well, it, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, it, the, the new format's been going for the last eight
0: years. And all eight have been won by either someone from Norway or Sweden. Norway. dominates. Two red. It was Petter Solberg when this new championship started. Petter won it the first two years. But he ran his own team and even he ran out of money because the cars have got so high-tech. that Unless you've got Red Bull money or manufacturers' money, um, you can't compete. Um, the last six of the eight have all been won from Sweden. So that domination goes ahead. Of, was it Timmy Hansen as won one? But Johan Christophsen, who won again yesterday? Has won five of the last six, um, so he's pretty much the dominant man in Radicross. Well, actually, last weekend at Nürburgring, the great Nürburgring, it was a rubbish circuit. You know, they just go on the track and off the track. It was, and I think rallycross, they get they've got to look at their circuits and come up with something where overtaking, like Formula One, I'm always doing the same spiel as I do in Formula One. They've got to make tracks where overtaking is possible, not just on the Joker lap. Um, he actually went to the Nürburgring about 17 points behind the, the Tommy Hansen.
1: The cars are so close together now. It's oh, so no. hard to overtake anywhere, yeah. isn't
0: it? But it was a big weekend. So he was about 17 points behind Timmy yeah. Hansen, who would have won again. And they tied with points in the last race. Uh, and so Christofferson won it on count back wins. wins. Wow. So it, it was very tight. I mean, it was dramatic, but nobody could overtake anybody. <laughs> but I don't know. I know it's spectacular. I mean, they all launch... And of course, they've got launch controls, so and nobody makes a bad start anymore. They all arrive side by side, five of, for three abreast. Um, So I'm sorry, but yeah, go. Let me know if you like rally. It was on BT Sports. so I didn't watch it on Sunday I, afternoon. I do
1: like rallycross, but I, I, I don't know. Would I watch it? I don't know. i would definitely go watch it in, in, in person. I think it'd be quite an exciting one because it's quite small. You can it was down, see the, road. Yeah. down the road. Yeah. Okay, well, down the road from us, well, not far away from, from me, in the UK, we, we don't get terribly bad winters, typically, and, and sort of, <laughs> it's been very mild this month, but we we're actually, this weekend, we got some snow, and it was, there's a, a brilliant rally, 139 cars, historic rally cars, including, yeah. as I said, Chris Harris took part in this uh, rally, it's called the Roger Albert Clark might yeah, it was Roger, it.
0: Roger Clark. Yeah, they're yeah. Albert. It was okay. his full name. The great Roger Clark, a real true icon of the rally, British rally, a world rally scene.
1: But it was it quite was funny, for me. It was funny for me with the snow, because it really, I mean, they, uh, Harris got snowed in amongst others, didn't he, as well? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, well, they, they cancelled the whole Sunday stages, yeah. so they had to, They lost 10 stages. I
0: mean, it's still <laughs> going on now, as we speak on Monday afternoon, they haven't quite gotten to the finish line. But Ocean Price, who we mentioned was battling for the, when he crashed on the penultimate stage, when he lost the British title, has just crashed off the stages down in um, the Welsh place, where we filmed, you know, the... Arenas, Walters Arenas. it's arena. just crashed out on the fifth day. Fifth day while battling for the lead, um, and I think the guy in second also fell off. So it's been a bit of an up. But yeah, what a shame the weather hit it because this only happens every two years. It's a complete replica of the great, you know, what used to be called the RAC Rally. Yeah, of course, which went through Scotland, Wales, England, stages up through Yorkshire. I mean, amazing which I was lucky enough to do in 93, my first Rally GB World Championship in a Sierra Cosworth Group M. That was like the old, we went right to Scotland and Wales. And it's an amazing experience to do. And, um, and Chris Harris, I was so jealous of him. He's, he's built up his own Mark 1, 2, 3 Escort or whatever, and he was out there. And like me, Chris, you're not the only one. He fell off on about the second stage, <laughs> stuck it in the mud poor Chris. He lost about an hour or something. So he's down the back of the field. Uh, and I did that on both my rally. G. I was off on day one. You just get as a racing driver, you just like a bull in a china shop. You know, you want to go fast straight in. I want to go fast. You know, and you can't do that in rally. You'll get caught out. You know, you've got to just yeah. pace. You know, I mean, maybe not in the World Rally Championship where they do let like, pace notes and they know the cars. They just—they're just, they're just like a sprint from the word go. But um, when you're on a five-day run, you've got to—you know—just ninety percent day one before you push too hard. And uh, this, but it was—it definitely
1: so. wasn't a Mark Three. It was either a Mark One or Mark Two. II. Mark Three Yeah, I know. Yeah, no shape, much, yeah, But uh, yeah, it was a good, I'm really very cool Chris collecting too. cars yeah, car. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I don't know quite what. what He's done a, a tweet today, sitting in a road car, going to the last stages. So I think they, because of the problems, they must have transported the rally cars. Um, down. I'm not quite sure how. He they probably ride wants them.
1: heated seats and, uh, and a heater uh-huh. in his car. He's probably but letting a, someone else it. take it. A,
0: it, was it was so well organised. It's a very amateur organisation. Out of the hundreds, fifteen different classes. There's all sorts of clothes. Tony Jardine's out there. I'll teach them, the TV commentator. Can't we do um, it next year or two years time? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay, But it's a massive big uh, deal. Uh, do
1: you think we get a sponsor? Probably not. I'm not
0: coming. running a
1: catering, all right? Before you start, I'm not <laughs> going into the forest in a catering, okay? No, neither am I, I'll tell you that much. Well, so there wasn't uh, that much going on, but crown two champions. Um, a nice goodbye to Frank Williams. we got this weekend to look forward to, which is oh. the penultimate... Formula 1 of the season it's really hotting up I really hope it's a clean race I hope Lewis wins so it takes yeah. it whether, whether you're a Lewis fan or not um, I hope <sighs> Lewis wins just to take it to the final race of the season well we've got so, this
0: stupid first quarter I was just going to ask Saudi you Saudi Arabia <laughs> what,
1: what, 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 but, what do we need to look out for this weekend well here?
0: the rest of the track I really. Ask, but I can't wait for Friday I keep a look at the calendar is it Friday yet because Formula <laughs> 2 cars are out as well you know we've got two Formula 2 races on the Saturday the stupid reverse grid things which into the first corner and there's no way the Formula 2 cars will get round because the I mean, someone will straight line it deliberately, you know, a bit like Alonso did in Russia, you know, because they'll, they'll pretend there's a crash in front of them. And it's it's a stupid, stupid corner, why they've done it. But actually, the rest of the track fascinates me because it's anti-clockwise, which is unusual. Left-hand side of your neck will get a bit more. But those fast corners where... Have you watched the video yet that's on YouTube and everywhere of a lap of the track and, a, you know, a, a simulated lap? And it's just, you, you've got no idea of where you are. It's just going left and right and left, you know. It's almost like that Circuit of America's opening sequence, but it just goes on for like three quarters of the lap. And it's, I think mentally on the drivers, apart from physically, it's going to be incredible strain and the tyre wear, because with a high downforce, you know, when you're doing 160 miles an hour, just slightly cornering, 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 it's got to kill the tyres. So
1: it is it's fascinating. a fascinating
0: track but yeah. why they put that stupid, stupid first corner. No idea. So Formula 2, just to to catch up with, Oscar Piastri is very, very highly credited um, Aussie that's now the... Who's he already as a sign for? He's a reserve driver for one of the Formula 1 teams. He's in the pits. Uh, He should win the title. He's quite well ahead of Juan Zhao, Zhu Zhao who's already got a Formula 1 drive, so that's good for the Formula 2. Well, I like, the way that is. Zhao has got a lot of, hasn't really won enough races for me to be to <laughs> marked out as a huge talent.
1: Very, very good. I mean, a fantastically good he, drive. He'll so. bring a lot of sponsorship but from the Far East.
0: He's with Alpha. The Russian Robert Schwartzman, I he he's running third, looks like he'll stay there. And our very own Dan Tictum, of course, he's fourth in the Championship. And Dan, of course, was announced this week as going Formula E. I mean, everybody is, is just scratching their heads thinking that what Formula is the least least likely? So that. it's a great test for Dan. I mean, we know he can go around corners, he can drive a racing car very fast, but he's shot himself in the foot so often when he's shouting other drivers, idiot, 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 idiot. And he's going to have to discipline himself to sit in a Formula E car, driving to a, a, a computerized map of how much power you're going to use this lap. And uh, it's certainly making Formula E more excited to watch next year. The Dan Dickham effect.
1: I was just, um, uh, yeah, I was, I was just looking. Then I saw this morning about um, some Formula and I was, uh, it's, it is quite, it's, it's fascinating what's going on with uh, with all the different series and who's doing what and where yeah. the drivers move to and who's who's going to change. Um, yeah, uh, you know, who's going to change um, from co- completely different uh, uh, series, Formula, to yeah. series? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually,
0: actually, sure. talking of two things that I've moaned about. I obviously they were listening to me, <laughs> nobody else. Um, they've dropped the stupid three race format for F two and F three. Next year we're back to the two races per weekend for both F two and F three. So, just the, the proper race and then a reverse grid race for fun. Um, so, these two reverse grids, which isn't definitely down to you. That was relevant. Def- no question, that was down to you. <laughs> and also, um, Formula E have changed their for- qualifying formula. I that know every driver. It well. was, yeah, was down to me mainly, obviously, even though every driver at Formula E. That kept on putting the best at the back. So you had this sort of rotation where you'd win, then you go to the back, and you started creeping to the middle and you go to the back. You know? And it, that's why they had about 15 different winners in Formula E as well. So now they've got a knockout system. So we should have a more of a meritocracy. We might see the same people up the front all the time. But to me, in a world championship, that's how it should be. The, you know, the, the best should be at the front, and uh, it's up to the middle field. Just I love to make that word, quicker.
1: meritocracy. Oh, I, that's, that's good, isn't it? The, the word eh? of the week. Susie Dench. If you're listening, because I'm sure she likes Motorsport Roundup podcasts, Susie Bench, Meritocracy, the word of the week. Now, if you don't know well, who they've... Susie Bench is, you've got to follow her on Twitter. <laughs> what well, countdown! She's, she's the. Oh, the countdown! Yeah. But no, Formula <laughs> <they've thought laughs> of one. Yeah, I can't wait. Tell to me, Tiff, who's going to win? Give, give, give me your give me your predictions for this weekend, and, and please it's, let it's us know, know what you it's think. is going to happen. Of yeah. course,
0: you mentioned last week all all all. Max, Max has to do is sit behind him for two second places. But it's not he's got to get two second places with the fastest lap. So what I'm hoping is that this weekend, if it's first Hamilton, second Max, he doesn't get the fastest lap. So then when it comes to
1: the final race, the fastest lap will be irrelevant. And it will just Valtteri be... Bottas has whoever. to stand up stay. and deliver. He has to stay with Max. Or vice of, stay or he with has Max. to stay with him Because if Max dives into the pits because he's got room to do the fastest lap... Valtry's got to go in and do it. It's got. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but if Valtry's close enough. Yeah. Max he can't he, do Max it. Max then not end up third Exactly. Place. Yeah. He's so got, basically, either way, he's got to he's got to deliver for a team. But it's twenty seconds, Valt. You just got to stay within twenty. Does seconds. he want to? No, he doesn't want to. Of course, he does. He doesn't want to. <laughs> we'll see. I hope he does. Oh. He should. He should for the team Ooh. more than anything. Because the team let's, is tight Let's as well. get it down. Let's get it down to
0: the last race where the winner wins. Whether it's forget fastest laps being involved.
1: Tell us below what that. you tell us below yeah. who you think is going to win, and we'll mention anyone that gets it right with one, two, and three. We'll, we'll mention <laughs> you next week. I'm, I'm sure there's at least well, we got we got about a thousand views last week. Yeah, yeah, we're, up, get we're more up listens up on the actual podcast as well, bizarrely. But uh, but uh, thanks as always. Yeah, but those of you listening, in. please pop onto the YouTube channel just to leave a comment. One, two, three. Who's your one, two, three for the Grand Prix? That's all we want to know.
0: It's going to be Lewis Max Motas
1: no, it's not. It's going to be Louis Max Chico. Oh. There you go. Heard it here first. <laughs> mm. Let us know what you think below. Thanks for joining us always. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Bye.